from Local 12 Sports. It's the Skinny Podcast. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals post-game edition. After the Bengals knocked off the Minnesota Vikings 27-24 in overtime, I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com Digital Sports Thomas, along with Chris Rankle as we break this game down. It's presented by Blake, the attorney, Mazlin. Skinny, they just keep winning. Three in a row now, firmly in the playoff hunt. As of right now, I believe they are outside looking in on the playoff picture because Buffalo... And That's, all the wacky tiebreakers. And all the wacky tiebreakers. It's weird. I I don't get paid enough to figure all that out. I let the computer do that for me. But here we are, three straight wins. And I thought yesterday maybe their most impressive no win doubt. because of what they had to overcome. No question. I mean, you're down 17-3 to to a defense that had not given up a touchdown for 13 straight quarters. And we talked, I think, a little bit last week that this was going to be a hard game for Jake Browning because of the Minnesota defensive structure of, Blitzing as much as they do and dropping eight as much as they do, and you don't know when they're doing either. And for three quarters, Jake Browning looked a little confused. And understandably so. I mean, veteran quarterbacks get confused by that. Then they found a rhythm. And and um, I wrote a column of kind of the redemptive quality of sports. I mean, think about all the people that redeemed themselves in this game. T. Higgins dropped the first pass thrown his way in that game, right? And he's dropped some passes lately, and he's dealing with a contract issue, and he's been hurt. And yet there he is making one of the greatest plays I think I've ever seen live. I mean, just the fact that he, he, he came back out to literally box the guy out, and he was an all-state basketball player, almost a Mr. Basketball in Tennessee, high-pointed. And not just that, that, was a, that catch probably would have set up somebody else's touchdown, but then to just kind of whip the ball around the pylon and have the presence of mind to do that was incredible. You know, Jake Browning throws an interception in the third quarter. Wasn't good for three quarters. Suddenly the last you know, quarter in the overtime, dude was great. Zach Carter got pushed around like he was you or me playing defensive line for a chunk of that game after DJ Reader got hurt and he was pressed into a lot of, of snaps and service. He was part of those two back-to-back stops, the third and one, the fourth and inches, um, that got the ball back to the Bengals in the overtime period. And then Tyler Boyd, who's had kind of an up-and-down year. It's his last year of his contract, right? And it feels like this is kind of the swan song. Had one catch for nine yards all day going into overtime. Comes across, makes that 44-yard catch and run. It, it, it's It's... There's something about this team that's been fun because it's just different. Again, this was a great team on paper when the season started. It hasn't always played great, and it's had a lot of adversity along the way. But, man, you look up, to your point, here they are in the playoff run again. That was one of the most insane games I think I've ever seen in person just because of the weird moments yes. that happened. There were, there were plays that... You know, NFL games, so few plays, I think, actually may blow your mind no, and right. surprise you because they're really good and you just don't have those happen in NFL. But there were so many. I was saying to another reporter in the press box, when the game was tied, the Bengals get the ball back out of the fourth and inches and we're like, all right, run the ball a few times, get in field goal range, let Evan kick a 51-yarder. And I go, one more weird we're, thing's going to happen. Yes, and and was. that was the Tyler Boyd thing. I, it was third and long and, and ty- the play was supposed to go to Tyler. Jake got flushed. He sees Tyler crossing, and then Tyler and T. Higgins almost collide. T. Tyler said in the locker room, right. he thought it was coming to him. He did. I, I, I'm not so sure it wasn't. That's the funny <laughs> part to that. I'm not, I, maybe, maybe it was. And somehow then, I don't know if that affected the defender, but then when Tyler catches it, if you're a Bengals fan, you're like, okay, at least, at least it's the first down. And then he kind of gets spun and look up, and there he goes down the sideline. It, it was. It needed that one more crazy play. It really did. For you, what was the lasting play? What was the craziest Tease. one? I mean, tease. Uh, you know, when that ball was thrown up, and, and I've talked to T about this before, um, and I asked him about it after the game again. Uh, I think I asked him after the Tennessee game. He had a similar catch last year. Not 
quite as dramatic as this one where you know he's six foot four he was a great basketball player but I've coached a lot of really good athletes in basketball they just use their athleticism to go rebound I said you a box out guy or a high point guy he goes I'm both man I'm both I do it right and then I go get it and that's what it was he just kind of got around the defender Caleb Evans and just then went up and high pointed the part to me that was insane wasn't that because as, as you see it on the floor you're like oh he sees this he's going to jump in front of him and the way he does this, the, the, the fact that he just whipped the ball around the pylon, not even knowing, he said he knew he was on the one, basically, but still not knowing where that was. And then the danger of doing it, if you do that and drop it, it's a touchback and game over. And instead, he's got such strong hands, he reaches it across for a touchdown. It's one of the, most, it's one of the craziest plays I've literally ever seen. I will not take anything away from T because, as you said, one of the most crazy things you'll ever see in an NFL game. I'm not sure he had the awareness to know exactly where he was. <laughs> I think probably in his mind, just conscious yeah. moment, so bang, bang, just like reach out as far and as you can, and it, happened, and it happened to Maybe go over pylon. the pylon. I, to the moment that I think of, Obviously, the T play is going to be big, but sure. you already said that one. That throw that Browning had to Tyler Boyd. Yes. There were defenders all yes. over. That was an elite franchise quarterback-like throw to get flushed out, keep your head about you, game on the line, overtime. No, you can't make a mistake. And he let that thing fly, fit it in a tiny little window. And, and to Tyler's credit, had a big chunk off. But even if Tyler didn't do that, that was going to be one of the play of the game. There was another me. one, too, on third and 18, where, again, you're thinking, I just run a draw, give yourself a fourth down chance. He hits Jamar Chase kind of in the, in the middle of the field on a, just a perfectly red play, perfectly designed play. I mean, all those moments that have to add up to win the way you want. It seems like if you did all those things, you'd win by three touchdowns. It's not the case. It's, it's the NF This year in the NFL has just been nuts. All right, we talked a lot about the good things that happened in this game. Yep. There were some not-so-good things that happened in this game. We'll start with the injuries. DJ Reader done. DJ Ivy done. Charlie Jones seems like he's going to be all right. Um, Jamar Chase, we're not sure. Day-to-day, -day, as they said, Correct. with that, that shoulder, which from what I read online seems like numb it up and you'll be fine to go. Most significant injury that came out of that game? It, it would be Jamar Chase if it was an extended period of time, and I don't want to discount DJ Reader by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you know, we talked to Lou Anarumo every week um, on different days, and the most recent time we talked to him, um, Kelsey Conway from the Enquirer said, who's been your most consistent player on defense? And without batting eyes at DJ Reader, he goes, he just never does anything wrong. And you can say, well, that's easy. All he's got to do is go stuff a gap. Well, that's fine, but he does it all the time. Um, and he does his job all the time. And so that's one that I could probably point to more than Jamar, but Jamar's significance is he just is such a playmaker. Um, you know, again, Zach Carter makes play, made plays when he had to, but it, in the rotation of where they're at, Josh Tupo can't probably play a whole lot of snaps. You're going to then try to put B.J. Hill over to the nose guard spot, put Zach Carter into B.J. Hill's spot, so Zach Carter's going to have to suddenly step up. And, you know, maybe that stop on the third and short and the third, third and one in the fourth and inches gives him all the confidence in the world to go, Huh, I can do this. Because there were times, there were a couple plays, Chris, when you watch replays, like, wow, he just got taken out of the hole like he was a nobody. Um, so, yeah, Jamar to me, just because of the playmaking ability and the way this offense is kind of clicking with Jake Browning with all the weapons around him. Now, I, when I was talking to Zach earlier today, and I said, why do you have so much confidence in these guys now that you're going to have to have guys come in? And the whole NFL has it at this sure. point in the season. That's why you draft. That's why you get the depth pieces because you know they're going to have to play at some point. It's one game. 
they were able to do it on the defensive line without DJ Reader. Do you think it is sustainable over the next three games? Because they have some teams that are going to run at them no, and no. are going to be physical up front. No, no question. Thank goodness Nick Chubb is not available for Cleveland in a few <laughs> weeks. So Jerome oh, Ford's boy. been a nice replacement, but still, it, Nick Chubb's on a different different level from that. Yeah, I, 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 and the only way I can answer it is, is it remains to be seen because, again, those two short yards plays, dude did his job. There were other times he didn't. You know, I, I'm going to guess, and Jay Tufele was ill for this game, you know, he had some moments last year when he came in and you're like, who's this guy? And he did some good things. And so maybe, again, it's a guy like that where you're like, you don't think of Jay Tufele until you need to think of Jay Tufele. And maybe he's a guy that can step in and give you some snaps. Because I just don't know if Zach Carter on a multiple snap basis can give you enough stoutness in the run game. I think their hope for him was he could be a three-technique Larry Ogunjobi type pass rusher um, and give you some rotational snaps. He was forced into it yesterday. So I think the guys to look at are, can Zach Carter do it if he's called on? And then what does Jay Tufele bring to the table? Because Josh Tupo, you know what you're going to get. He's a solid player. He just doesn't can't play a lot of snaps. Um, those are the guys to me because you're right. I mean, Pittsburgh, because of how bad they are, you know, throwing the football with Mitch Trubisky, they're going to line up and say, here we come because you're missing your best run defender. The defense in general, I thought, would have been more of the story if the offense wasn't able to get it going because this is a Minnesota team, and I know it's the NFL. It's a week-by-week -week league. They're coming off a performance, though, where it was a 3 nothing win. Was a 3 nothing win. And they come out and are moving the ball with Nick Mullins, who is on the... And Ty Chandler running it. On I mean, the street a couple weeks ago. Hadn't been a starting quarterback at any point in his NFL career. And they're moving the ball up and down. Mullins goes over 300 yards. Ty Chandler had over 100 yards. This defense has had its problems. I thought maybe we fixed them at one point. Now it seems like there's more of an issue. Are you concerned more now in the final three games? I am, um, and I guess I'll blame myself because I've twice written about the defense is making strides to turn the corner. I mean, let's face it, the indie game was great, and, and we can look and go, hey, it's just Gardner Minshew, and I mentioned he's kind he's of been a playing well, bright though. star yeah. that shines and then falls. And But they, they stuffed the run game, and then they made them one-dimensional. I truly thought this was a game with – without their leading rusher, Alexander Madison, with a new right tackle because Brian O'Neill was out. Um, and, and Ty Chandler would rush for, I think, 202 yards all season long. That, okay, they're going to turn in another performance like this, make Nick Mullins one-dimensional, and go for three straight. Eh, the, the, I guess the Jacksonville game wasn't great overall, but it was great against the run. Of three straight really good games against the run. And here we are. It feels like we're back to square one. And I feel so bad because I do. I ask Lou every week when things are going bad of, What's going on with the run defense? And it's usually the same thing of, well, we're letting out a guy on the backside on a big play. And, you know, we're, we're not in, in the alleyways on the outside to, to, to stop those plays. And, uh, you know, we're not tackling well. I, I didn't think tackling was an issue on Sunday. I think they just got pushed around up front. And that is an issue. Or Saturday, rather. Former player David Fulcher, who's on Bengals Nation, uh, doesn't really love how the defense is playing on the back end because – well, if in He's his, a back end guy. In, in his day, he was up on the line of scrimmage taking hits, but it seems like they've kind of figured out. I don't know if it's the zone or whatever. Cam Taylor Britt's going to come back in a couple weeks, at least you would hope. hope. That would help them, I would think. I think so, too. Um, you know, I, DJ Turner, I think, has had really good moments. He's a rookie. You're not asking a rookie to step in and be great. And he's been solid. But he had a couple moments yesterday. One of the touchdown drives, in fact, the first touchdown drive of the second half, they're backed up to their four or six-yard line, whatever it was, because of a penalty on the kickoff return. And the first run comes right at him, and he whiffs on the tackle. And out goes Chandler for 20-some-odd yards. Instead of them still being pinned back, they're out in space. Gave up another long out in the route, and then gave up that you – know, this was another wacky play, the catch by Jordan Addison at his ankle tops on a short crosser. But he beats DJ on the short crosser, and that races into the end zone. So, yeah, I, I do think that helps in Cam's physicality also. 
also helps. I think Cam's Cam's a physical guy. I think he helps in the run defense too. All right, from things that aren't going well to a guy who just I don't know where he's going to go after this because he's making himself a lot of money in Jake Browning. He is, but he's an earnings restricted free agent, which technically means the Bengals control him for at least next year. I mean, they can literally pay him the veteran minimum next year, and he's got no other option. And so you've got yourself a quality backup. That, 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 that's all this wanted to be, right? I mean, if you had told me he was going to win you three games and that would be it, i go, oh, okay, that's a pretty good finish for the kid. Well, yeah. well, now he's in the chance to, to take you to the playoffs. And then the year after, he would become a restricted free agent, which means they could put a qualifying offer on the table. Um, if another team opts to, to, to match that, then the Bengals would get some compensation. I feel bad for Jake Browning because he's in a really rough spot. To your point, he's earned himself a ton of money. That may not come for three more years. Now, again, if you're making eight hundred eighty grand as a you know as a veteran minimum, most people would say that's a pretty good living. It's I'm good for somebody sure would, like you or yeah, me. Yeah, but that much between, a, you know, yeah, starting but, quarterback money is a little bit right, different. Right, and especially to what he's he's earned in theory, right? And so, you know, hopefully the Bengals do him a little more solid and give him the veteran minimum. Again, they're not obligated to do that, but uh, hopefully they do. And, and that makes Jake Browning happy enough, and, and he's going to perform. And the funny part is, if he puts all this tape out there and maybe doesn't have to play a snap next year, down the road he's going to make himself a lot of money. It just may not come as soon as he would probably like. The question I have about Browning now, I thought this was a trap game for him because we've seen with sure. quarterbacks – Three games, it's, I don't want to say it's easy because it's not easy, but you see guys play well for a couple games and then the league figures you out. No and question. I thought with how he played for the first three quarters, I go, is this him coming back down to earth? Did they figure something out? And then he goes out and throws for almost 300 yards, leads them back for the win. Is it no longer a Jake could just get us to the playoffs? Is he a guy that can win you a couple playoff games? I think he is. I really do. I mean, he's so darn unflappable. I mean, he's so good in the press conference setting, and that doesn't mean you're a great quarterback, but he's just unflappable but, in but those moments. But he's so genuine. Yes, That's the correct. thing. He's not a correct. guy who tries too hard to put something out no there. No doubt. He, I mean, he, that's why he said this last week. I don't have a lot of opinions about stuff, and you guys Correct. want to know my opinion. Correct. Now, he did have a, an opinion about what happened yeah. in Minnesota, which was really good on his part. But, I mean, look, he threw an interception that he got suckered into um, on a cover two play where the corner, he didn't see the corner. And he, he admitted, I tried to force the ball in there. There's a lot of quarterbacks, veterans to whatever, guys who haven't played a lot, that would be so gun-shy after that to go, I can't throw another one, check down, check down, check. Oh, we'll just punt. I'm not, it's not going to be on me. No, he still keeps ripping that darn thing and trying to make plays. And I mean, in theory, the throw to Higgins, again, it came against the Blitz where you know you're kind of one-on-one -on -one down there, but that's probably not a great throw that you're going to teach. It's literally a desperation heave to a guy you're going, hey, go make a play for me, and he did. But I think that shows how unflappable this cat is. He's, he's incredible to me. I, I, I thought he'd be okay. I didn't think he'd suck like a lot of people did. I, no one could have predicted. In fact, Brian Callahan this week is my, one of my favorite quotes of all time. Um, I don't have it specifically here, but I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase it. We're asking about you know, how he's doing and all those things. He said, well, maybe actually he's a pretty good football player. They, don't, they didn't know either, man. They didn't know. What shocks me about Jake is when we say we didn't know, a high school superstar, national records. College. Don't just, college. Led a team that I think was pretty okay, yes. not amazing to the college Rose football playoff. Rose Bowl. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been, and I know it's the league, but we're shocked, and the guy all he's ever proved is well, he's a winner. And that's that's the thing that I guess you just can never measure. Um, you try to do measurables, right? Right. Ivan Pace Jr. of the Vikings, right? I mean, undrafted, and, and there he was, Defensive Player of the Week last week, and made some plays on Saturday against the Bengals, and maybe trending towards being uh, NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year. 
You just don't know till guys get on the field. All I know is when guys are making plays like Browning, guys are making plays like Ivan Pace Jr., I'm giving those dudes a chance. I'm drafting those dudes to give those guys a chance. Three games left. We talked before this. You have a bold prediction. Go ahead, let the people know. I think they went out. I really do. Um, listen, he's seen Pittsburgh's defense once. I thought Joe Burrow, and again, they're two different guys, right? But Joe Burrow, the first time he saw Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, um, lost to all of them and got the, his brains beat in, in, in two of those. Pittsburgh and Baltimore just beat him to death because of the blitz stuff that they did. Um, again, there's a young guy who hasn't seen some of that stuff. Jake Browning now has kind of seen this defense. He knows what he's done done wrong. The confidence level of now the last three games against literally Minnesota's a playoff team, Jacksonville's a playoff team, and Baltimore, or rather um, Indy at this point is a playoff team. So he's done it against those teams. He hasn't done it against chopped liver. And I, I do think that one, you know, Kansas City even today, I mean, they were bailed out by Bailey Zappi throwing a bunch of picks, and their offense still didn't look all that great. And... Again, I, Cleveland's been so plucky. It's it's a crazy the way they keep winning games. But for them to have to go on the road, and you and I were talking about this, they may have clinched the the fifth seed at that point. If they do, I, I can't imagine they play many starters to risk injury if they got nowhere to go. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm going that they went out. I I, I I thought they'd lose to Kansas City. I'm not so sure I believe that anymore. I thought more likely they would go when four games left last month. Two and two or three, three and one, three one, one depending yeah, if yeah. Kansas City could figure it out. Right, like, correct. They're going to drop one of these games, correct. but maybe I, I'm with you. I mean, depending on how it all shakes out. It's going to be a final fun three weeks no of doubt. the season, folks. Thanks for being with us. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the Bengals postgame edition, presented by Blake, the attorney Maislin. <laughs>